Welcome to Abide in Truth with Pastor Mike Hughes, a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel in Amid, Idaho. Join us as Pastor Mike leads us verse by verse through the Bible and shares with us the impacting truth of God's Word. Be sure to stay tuned until the close of our program to hear about some exciting news and special offers. We'll also tell you how you can obtain a full-length copy of this entire message. And don't forget, you can always catch up on Mike's teaching on our website at ccmit.org. We're currently going through the book of Luke in a series titled, The Uncommon Gospel. So grab your Bible, turn up the volume, and follow along with us. Here's Pastor Mike. Luke chapter 13 is where we find ourselves with breaking news this morning. And he says in verse 3, I tell you no, but unless you repent, you will likewise perish. No, you, you weren't. No, it's not. they're not sinners worse than you. But if you don't repent, you're going to end up on the front page of the Jerusalem Post. You're going to be headline news. What does that mean? Well, a few things. I think, first of all, you know, non-repentance leaves us in a dangerous place. And, and speaking of non-repentance, I was speaking of someone who, who won't bow their knee to Jesus, who won't understand that Jesus is the way, the truth, and life, and no one comes to the Father except through him. There, there is a, an intensity and, an, and, a, and a certainty that if you do not give your life to Jesus, that you will perish eternally. But on another note, and it seems like Jesus is maybe speaking prophetically to these folks, he uses this word likewise, which is really interesting. I'm not going to try to pronounce the Greek word. I put it here being ambitious, but I'm not going to try to pronounce it. But the word means in the same manner. In the same manner, you're going to die. That's what he tells these guys. Like, you'll all die in the same way if you don't repent. To be slaughtered? To have your blood mingled with sacrifices? What does he mean by that? Well, he probably means exactly that. Because in Matthew chapter 23, verse 37 through 38, Jesus, coming upon Jerusalem, he begins to lament over the city, and he says this, O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, The one who kills the prophets and stones those who were sent to her. How often I wanted to gather your children together as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings. But you were not willing. See, I have left your house desolate. Remember that word desolate. I have left your house desolate. Jesus is pronouncing a curse upon the city of Jerusalem and the people who dwell there. The same people who would take him and put him on a cross, who would say, let his blood be upon us and upon our children, and then hang him on a cross and watch him die as a criminal. The, the ones who would kill the Messiah, and so he would say that to them. Now just after this, just right after this, Jesus, it says in Matthew chapter 24, the very next chapter, Then Jesus, verse 1 and 2, then Jesus went out and departed from the temple, and his disciples came to show him the buildings of the temple, and Jesus said to them, do you not see all these things? Assuredly, I say to you, not one stone shall be left here upon another that they should not be thrown down. So he's saying your house is desolate. Now he's saying there's not going to be one stone left upon another, and they're looking at this temple. It's one of the seven wonders of the ancient world. Herod's temple was a, was a sight to see a beauty of architecture and skilled artistry as they looked at the temple. It was, it was something that, and these stones were massive and so perfectly fit together that it, it was just a marvel of engineering. And yet with all that strength and all that 
you know, gusto within the temple and how strong it was and how it would last anything, the age of time, and if nobody would have touched it, it would still be here today like the pyramids. But in 70 AD, when Titus, with his legions, came against the city, he surrounded the city with the 5th, the 10th, the 12th, and the 15th legions, 24,000 soldiers, and he leveled the city. Now, his instructions specifically to his soldiers were, do not destroy the temple precinct. It's a, it was a wonder of the world. You don't destroy wonders of the world, right? Don't destroy, destroy the temple. But some people ran into the temple trying to escape the soldiers and to drive them out. One of the soldiers threw a torch into the temple and it caught the veil on fire and some of the other tapestries and things that were hanging in the temple, and it melted the six-foot-tall solid gold menorah, and the gold ran down into the cracks underneath the temple floor, and, and all, the other, all the gold melted off of the, the table of showbread and the other implements that were in there. And actually, I think there were more than one menorah, but anyway, all the gold ran out, and so when the dust settled... And everybody was done fighting. They went in and saw the gold. And they said, we got to dismantle this thing. So they took all the stones off the temple and threw them over the wall. Not one stone was left upon another. In fact, if you go to Jerusalem today, to the Wailing Wall, just down from where the, the people gather, there's a huge pile of stones. And what are those stones? The stones that were thrown off. Not one was left upon another on the Temple Mount. It's amazing. Josephus tells us that as Titus invaded the city there in 70 AD, and he'd been besieging it for some time. But when he finally went in and, and, and invaded the city, there were bodies laying across the ground of the, of the whole city of Jerusalem. He describes it like carpet laid. That's how many people were killed. And this is significant because Jesus said to those who would be listening to him that, you will likewise perish. Now, it's interesting because it seems, though, that, that those who would listen to him who would, who would repent would have some sort of indication that something was about to happen. And, and it's, tradition tells us that there was a prophetic word that was given to the church in Jerusalem to get out. And, and maybe that was even what Jesus said in Luke chapter 21. In Luke chapter 21, verse 20 through 22... It says, but when you see Jerusalem surrounded by armies, then know that its desolation, remember that word desolation, is near. Its desolation is near. Let, then let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains. Let those who are in the midst of her depart. Let not those who are in the country enter her. For these are the days of vengeance that all things which were written will be fulfilled. And so it would be very interesting as the Christians living there, listening to Jesus, so of course those who wouldn't acknowledge him as Messiah wouldn't be listening to Jesus, and they would likewise perish. But those who were Christians would know this passage or know what Jesus had said, and, and when the, the armies surrounded the city, guess what? They'd be like, armies are surrounding the city, let's get out of here. Let's not go in. And when Titus first besieged the city four years earlier, he let people come and go. People could come and go, you know, commerce continued to stay, and, and so the people in Jerusalem didn't get really scared about it. But as tensions mounted and as things got more intense and, and the Jews brought in militia and military of their own to try to fight off the Romans, that's when everything hit the fan and everything went bad. And everyone died. <clears throat> 
And, and so I, I believe that this passage is a, has a near and a far fulfillment, as many prophecies do, something that's go, that happened then, but also something that's paralleling what's going to happen at the end of the age, which is a little bit different in Matthew's account and Luke's, or Mark's account. But, but these men are brought this story, and, and, and Jesus tells them to turn, lest you become front-page news. And what is that front-page news going to say? Titus destroys Jerusalem and the temple on the saddest day. 1.1 million people dead. That's how many people died in the city of Jerusalem. 1.1 million people. What does it mean? What do I mean by the saddest day? Well, that was what the day was called. It was called that long before um, Titus came in because that was the day, the same day, the Tishbaav, which is how you say it in Hebrew, the ninth of Av, that... Nebuchadnezzar destroyed the temple the first time. Destroyed on the exact same day in 70 AD. It's it's really sad. And so verse 4 says, or those 18, Jesus gives them another headline, those 18 whom the tower in Siloam fell and killed them, do you think that they were worse sinners than all the other men who dwelt in Jerusalem? Now Jesus talks about this front page news article, probably read something like this, tower kills 18, several more injured. Usually there's always several more injured, right? But, but this time, it isn't Pilate, it isn't the Galileans, it's a freak accident, where in, by the pool of Siloam, they had some tower standing, and it just fell over. Was there an earthquake? We don't know. It just fell over, and it killed 18 people randomly. But these aren't Galileans from the north, these hicks that came down here to Jerusalem, who we don't really like. These were their countrymen. These were the Judeans. These were people who lived in Jerusalem, and they were killed by this random accident. In verse 5, he says, I tell you no. Again, no, but unless you repent, you will likewise perish. What's interesting is here he uses a different word for likewise. This word means similarly, not the same, like the other one meant. It meant in the same manner. This one means similarly. He uses a different word. I thought that was interesting. And in 70 AD, people were slaughtered, and towers were falling on people too. So some people did die probably by the temple being taken up. I don't know. But what does it mean by repent? And I think that that's probably the most important thing that we need to talk about as we look at this. What does the word metanoia in the Greek, the word repent, mean? Well, it means literally to have a change of heart, or maybe a better way to say that would be a change of mind. You know, to change your gut, you know, (laughs) to have a different gut about things. That's kind of what it literally means. It's kind of interesting. Thanks again for listening to Abide in Truth with Pastor Mike Hughes. If you would like a copy of today's sermon in its entirety, call us at 208-365-0991 or send us a text at 208-991-2756. Be sure to mention today's date. You can also listen to Pastor Mike's latest message on our website at ccemmett.org. And don't forget to search for Calvary Chapel Emmett on iTunes and YouTube. Remember to hit subscribe when you're there. Thanks again for listening, and remember, always abide in truth. Until next time, God bless. Abide in Truth is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel in Emmett, Idaho.
Calvary Chapel of Emmett would like to invite you to watch our services live on Facebook. You can watch us every Sunday morning at 8.30 or 10.30. Just go to our page, Calvary Chapel of Emmett, and scroll down for the live service. It is an interactive experience. While on our page, feel free to watch previous Sundays as well. So join Calvary Chapel Emmett Sunday morning at 8.30 or 10.30 on Facebook. We look forward to seeing you. Calvary Chapel of Emmett would like to offer you a free gift for joining us today. Right Now Media. Right Now Media has been called the Netflix of Christian Bible studies. With over 30,000 Bible studies and discipleship videos, there's even tons of Christian cartoons for the kids. To get your free account to Right Now Media, just visit our website at ccemmett.org forward slash right now. That's ccemmett.org forward slash right now. And God bless you.